Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Thank you guys so much for hanging out on a Friday night. I know it's 4th of July weekend, so you'd probably rather be out drinking your faces off. I get it. I understand. But we have a great guest tonight. Awesome show. I'm super stoked. I do want to tell you guys, uh, today I uploaded uh, custom hand-drawn emojis uh, for all the channel members, hand-drawn by, by none other than Top Lobster. And now you have custom badges, too, different colors, depending on how long you've been a member of the channel. There's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, I think six months and a year. And once you get that year, you're going to get that gold uh, uh, Break the Cycle uh, badge, which is going to be coveted eventually on the show. I just know it. I just know it. So sign up now. It also gets you into the exclusive after hours live show after the show uh, with all my guests, or you can join Patreon or subscribe star and get them uploaded the next day. Uh, but all that exclusive content is behind those paywalls. Guys, check out my sponsors, Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. It's good coffee. Seriously, it's the best coffee I've ever had. You guys should really try it. Uh, I know some of my patrons have been buying it, and they, they re really love it too. So check it out. Uh, Toplobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend. He will actually be my next guest after tonight on Monday. We're going to sit around and just make Italian hands because uh, he's from New York. He's not Italian. He's actually he's Hispanic. But we're going to make Italian hands the whole time. It's going to be fun. Uh, check out this man. You can get this awesome custom camo hoodie with Break the Cycle, the Sunset logo on it. Uh, use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount or join the Patreon, join the channel, join the subscribe star, <clears throat> get into the Discord server where he drops brand new designs two weeks before they go to general pop and uh you get like a 30 percent discount it's a deep discount um and he just put out a free ross Ulbricht shirt today that is fire in the discord chat so if you want to get that shirt definitely check it out uh and executive producer of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check these people out see what they can do today for your family business home uh, life. They're amazing. They're doing something the government sucks at for a much cheaper price and much more efficiently. So use them for everything you can. Guys, we've got an awesome show for you today. Guy's been a great friend of me over the last several years. Uh, he was actually the first person I ever interviewed on the show. If you go back down my podcast feed, uh, the audio ca casts, you will come uh, on three or four episodes that I recorded from my cell phone um, back in the day when I decided I was going to do a podcast. Super ghetto. Um, and uh, there is one with this man. He is the host of uh, was Death to Tyrants. Now it's Counterflow. Did I always say that wrong? I, I, it's Counterflow. Right. Yeah. Counterflow. Yes. Counterflow uh, with Buck Johnson. He is Buck Johnson. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm so good. I'm happy to be here and uh, a part of this, not only this great uh, show, but look at this set and, the, and the colors. And I'm, I'm trying to make my background kind of colorful like yours, so I think it'll be a fun evening you're getting there man you're getting there you got you got some change in light colors behind you you, you upgrade mm -hmm. the camera you used to just be an audio show right <laughs> i did yeah once i switched over from death to tyrants to counterflow the video came about and now it's weird to not do it video uh while i interview someone but i used to be so nervous they'd always say do i need video and i'd say no 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 and i'd always have mine off it felt more comfortable. Now it would feel really strange to not do it. Yeah, it's it's it, it, for me the video helped my podcast. I mean, if it wasn't if I was just doing audio, I'm just not as confident when I, when I don't have the video when I don't see my guests. It's like mm -hmm. my ADHD does not allow me to hear what you're saying if I don't see your lips making the movements. And yes. so uh, it's you know I get really 
you know, I'll start getting distracted. Oh, what can I play with? You know, and so Same. now when the yeah. video's on and I know there's people watching in the chat and I have my guests right in front of me, it makes it much, much easier. But you, you, you talked a little bit about the Death of Tyrants podcast, which was your old podcast, which I was a big fan of. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that you were switching over to this Counterflow podcast, but the aesthetic's really nice. I know that Top Lobster hooked you up with uh, some help, help with the aesthetic, correct? I mean, he helped draw some of that stuff. He helped with some of the stuff. I've used certain graphics when I had certain guests on, and he's drawn those up for me. Also, my Twitter avatar was basically from his art. The actual aesthetics for the show, the branding of it all, and the, the, that's used on the, let's say, file when you look on iTunes or whatever, and my T-shirts, are my man, Bert, and, uh, excuse me, Neocon Remover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the best, man. I've had him on yeah. my show. It was a fun show. I know. I watched it. It, it was, was a, hilarious. It was a great show, yeah. man. That guy, is, that guy is absolute boss. Drop Fs in the chat for the removal of Neocon Remover from Twitter once again. Uh, very sad day in, in Twitter history. Uh, there's only one man who I've ever been more sad about Twitter removing than uh, Trump, and it is always Neocon Remover. His posts He's are- not gone now, though. Is he is he back? He was removed like two days ago. So. Oh yeah, he was writing me today. Oh god, I love it. I, I he just they just can't keep a good man down, you know. No, especially him. He's the best. Yeah. So so what's up? What's up with your uh, your changeover from Death to Tyrants, man? What happened there? So I had been talking about get, doing a little bit of a, a rebrand or thinking about it. I should say I didn't really talk to many people about it, but one or two, and that was at the end of twenty twenty. Because I had actually had people turn me down because of the name Death to Tyrants to come on the show. Not many, but a few people that I, you know, kind of hit me like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think it was that scary of a name or anything like that. And I was used to it. And I then also didn't want to be pigeonholed into, I don't even know what, it depends on who you ask. It's subjective, certainly. What, what it, that sounded like the podcast would be, a lot of like, what is it? Three percenters, people like that thought it was that. And then of course, ANCAP stuff as well. And those are all, uh, causes and philosophies I'm sympathetic to naturally, but I also wanted to broaden it a bit, broaden the circles that I, of guests that I bring on. So right about that time I was approached by Thaddeus Russell. He said, I'm going to start a media network and I want you to be the first podcast to come on and be a part of it outside of mine. And he had been friendly with me behind the scenes and helping me and kind of giving me tips here and there about the show. And he actually said, I don't want it to be called death to tyrants because that's such a strident name. I want you to have a different podcast while you still do death to tyrants. And then, and he, and kind of floated that idea. And I don't know about you, Josh, you do more than me, but one a week is a giant, uh, load of work, I'll say, because I'm interviewing people for long, you know, over an hour at times. And like today, I interviewed a guy who wrote uh, this book on populism and Steve Bannon. Well, I had oh. to read this this week. Yeah. So ha- the thought of having to interview two other people or something this week with that, you know, it's just too much. And, and then I did my live stream the other night. I'm doing this show tonight. So I, I said, I can't do but one a week. I have no issue with changing the name. I was thinking about that anyway. So let's just start the rebrand in 2021 at January 1st and come out as this. And I, I, I uh, let my audience know leading up to it that, that was going to happen. We kept the same RSS feed for podcast nerds out there. That means basically once I changed 
the the branding of it that if you were subscribed to death to tyrants it would just pop right up in your feed like always once i switched over so that started in january of this year counterflow with buck johnson and at the same time you and i spoke about this before we started recording uh part of that also includes me doing all the video True. now and um so every episode just about has video on youtube and then, uh, of course, yeah, it's in the podcast. And now I've been doing live streams, too, on YouTube, which have been really, really fun. I've figured out how to do that, and people comment as we go. So the YouTube page is slowly starting to build up an audience as well, but it's, it's, it's got to catch up to the actual podcast uh, downloads because for years I didn't say anything about it because it was just a still shot of my artwork, and I didn't really care about the YouTube stuff. But now I love it. Yeah, I live stream. All my shows are live, uh, unless yeah. I have somebody from like overseas. Like when I had Zuby on, I had to record that because he just couldn't do three o'clock in the morning his time. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. uh, I I have a set, set time seven thirty. I've done one show at six thirty because of something that I had. Uh, I've recorded a couple shows. I had to record with Phil Labonte because it was the only way mm -hmm. I could get Phil on because uh, he does a live show. Yet at the same time, I do my live shows and. Uh, but yeah, it's a live show and that, that's another thing. It, it, it helped my podcast. Like I, it's when it's live, if you fuck up, mm -hmm. that's it. I mean, everyone's going to see it, you know, there's no editing, nothing like that at all. Uh, and, and, uh, there was one actually recently I had uh, the most controversial episode I've had so far was with, uh, Dr. Carlin Borisenko, uh, from New okay. Hampshire. She's a uh, very critical of CRT, which I say critical of critical race theory, but, um, <laughs> and, uh, but she, she, gets really mad and, and says a lot of things to people if they call it an anti-white movement which i oh, really? yeah and i had a, i had an argument with her about not an argument but we had we had a good talk about it but she's yeah. had a lot of trolls uh who actually ended up in my 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 chat uh you know hundreds okay. of people dropping all kinds of stuff so i actually had to pull my phone out and start moderating the chat because it's like youtube will kick you off if your chat gets you know has issues yeah. and um, sure and so it's it was uh it was pretty crazy man but um, yeah, I like the counterflow thing. I think it looks really good. You went a little more professional looking and stuff like that, which I, I think is a good thing. But uh, you talked a little bit about Thad, man. That's uh, uh, It's been a crazy yeah. week. It's been a crazy week for yeah. a lot of people, including uh, my guy Thad. Yeah, yes. where, where are you at, man? Where are you at on all this? Has it been, been okay for you or what? Um, it has. I've The timing was funny because I did this live stream on... I, it's been a that much of a week. I, I lost track of days. I did a live stream at some point this week with Pete, uh, Matt Kingpilled, Matt Erickson, uh, Andrew from Popular Liberty, and, and my buddy Tho Bishop. And right as we did that, my my Twitter feed was going nuts. And I saw somewhere in there afterwards something about Thad. Someone tagged me in something, and then the Age of Consent discussion. And oh. I was like, oh shit, here oh. we go, here we go. And and he was just in town hanging out with me. Uh, a week or two ago and we actually discussed that topic and so he doesn't like discussing it uh, oddly enough shocking yeah and and uh as so my twitter feed was going nuts anyway i saw that somewhere in there someone tagged me to 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 respond and i didn't and it has since i've been so invested in people writing me about this live feed um michael heiss called me this morning to discuss some issues about this kind of stuff. So I have not had a chance. I don't really, it's not a, it's not a topic I find very interesting to be quite me, honest. Me neither. I, I'm, I'm, I can chat about it with that. And we did, 
but it's to me, it's like if someone goes, what do you think about so-and-so's issue on on the environment? It's like, I don't know. That's not really that much of an interesting topic to me. So I guess whatever. Well, um, as you could tell from my uh, my intro song that's actually called Woodchipper Go Burr. Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows where I stand on the issue for sure. You know, I, I make it very clear. But uh, yeah, man, crazy shit. Very crazy. It's been it's been wild, dude. Wild week. Yes. It has. And that was just like one little aspect of it, you know, and I, 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 yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you, you also, you bring up something else that I definitely want to talk about. So you bring up Michael Heiss, Michael Heiss calls you with some problems. Michael Heiss is my best friend, man. Like I love the guy to death. He's like a, like a brother to me. Uh, you know that I helped build the Mises caucus to what it is today. I mean, I haven't been able to do a lot for the last year, but up to my chair run in 2020, I mean, I was hardcore supported. I I know you did, and I appreciate that, sir. I think did we actually get you as a delegate? No, we tried. I know we tried really hard. I wasn't. I was not seated or some kind of those parliamentary procedure things. I'm I'm so shocked with Texas, man. They're uh, you know, yeah. And and, and honest to God, I mean, if if we had taken Texas, that prop that might have done it, man. It might have been close. You know what I mean? It was pretty close. It was a hundred hundred votes. So, um, but yeah, so. So you have become pretty outspoken against the Libertarian Party these days, bud, right? And and you were on the Mises Caucus train for a while. Mm-hmm. For a while. So mm-hmm. what was it that, that really changed your your mind? So a few things. I love the people that I have met from the LPMC I really like. Sure. Uh, there's been some encounters online, a little thorny here and there. But I've been, I have been in and out of the Libertarian Party since 2000, and let's just say you guys are definitely better than a lot of the LP Texas members. Sure. You probably are aware of that. Um, and I, party politics is just not for me. Sure. Um, I didn't jump out of the LP and jump into another political party. I just don't find anything interesting about being delegates, about going through Robert's Rules of Order, or anything of that sort. Uh, I just don't like it. And the actual LP itself, this was part of the discussion I had today. I think it's mostly pretty much run by left-wingers. I realize maybe the LPMC doesn't view themselves in that light, and it could change. But any group that says, I'm neither left nor right... Mm, you're probably left wing if you say that, in my opinion. And if you advertise that as the mantra for your group, you will become left wing whether you like it or not. Because the left feeds on weakness like that and they will eat it and take it over. It's just, it's happened throughout the history of this country. Every organization, it's conquest second law that's not specific, uh, explicitly right wing becomes left wing. And so I don't, any group that their whole mantra part of it is we're not we're neither left nor right Eh, that's not my thing either so so you do you are aware that the mises caucus now owns 25 state parties around the country though we're coming we're coming for texas too don't worry we're coming i hope you get texas because (laughs) the ones here the texas lp twitter feed my god it's been bad (laughs) it's been bad why couldn't they take a note from kentucky man you know Yes, that'll run anyone out of the local LP. Yeah, absolutely. So you you talked you're talking about the stream that you did with Pete and uh, Kingpilled and Andrew, who I don't really know Andrew very much. I know that I knew everybody else on that, and Tho, who I've had on my show, I've had Tho yeah. and Pete on my show. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of all of them. Pete is really it's funny because Pete is like the 
ultimate like sh- king tier shit poster yes. and just destroys people online but he's the nicest guy in real life dude he is he is that it's funny he has this cold kind of uh harsh demeanor and the very first time i met him in person i had we had talked many times on on zoom or or skype he pulls me in for a hug and and he has a big smile on his face so yeah don't let the grouchy uh, exterior fool you or the goatee it's the goatee oh, yeah. and the bald head. Right. It's a little scary, you know. It's that, yeah. It's a little menacing. I'll he, admit. He really is. He really is such a nice guy. I've met. I've met Pete. I was on a panel with Pete in Georgia at the Georgia State Convention. We were on a like a uh, like a communicating liberty panel, and it was funny because it was myself, Pete Quinones, and uh, um, God, I always forget his, the other guy's name. Uh, he he works with. He used to work on a show with uh, Shane. Uh, uh, Shane Hazel. Yeah. And he mm. works with the Republican Party and stuff too. But I, I'm gonna remember his name. I know his name, damn it. Uh, but anyways, so we did a we did a a, a panel, and we were all three so much different, right? Because mm. Pete, Pete's like, look, it, you gotta just go in there and just start taking hearts, you know, and like stabbing people with spears. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I'm running for chair at the time, and I'm like, and I'm <laughs> like, and I think that you know your podcast and everything are great. You got to do this and that and this and that. And then uh, the other dude's like. Oh, I work on campaigns and this and that. And it was just so different, but it was it like really flowed very well, you know. Yeah. Um And uh, but but uh, so let's talk about that stream a little bit. You had you had uh, Matt King pilled on, who yeah, who uh, is is pretty cool on a lot of things. Definitely kind of got this agorist m- mindset almost. But but then he he works with with uh, Jason Stapleton. They're really big yeah. on the, the wealth and power stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. He said something in a it was the stream with Clint. He said he said uh, what you have to do is make enough money to where taxation just becomes a minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. That didn't sit very well with me uh, or did. or a lot of libertarians. Uh, you know, yeah. I got I got seven kids, so taxation is already pretty much a very minor inconvenience for me because I have uh, you know six dependents on my taxes. Seven kids? I got seven kids now. Do you not know this stuff, Buck? Have you not? I knew you had a lot, but I, <laughs> and I, I I knew you were important, but you're also extremely potent. Yeah, but, well, so if one more time, since since I always like to tr- try and tell my friends the story, uh, a, a little over a year ago, I was living by myself in a in a house with my best friend. Uh, mm-hmm. With no kids in the house, I had a sixteen-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. Didn't live with me, um, and I and uh, I moved to Iowa to be with my fiance now, uh, but mm-hmm. girlfriend at the time. She had two young daughters. Uh, we got pregnant in April, and mm-hmm. uh, then I got custody of my daughter in October. But she had two siblings that aren't mine, and they were my ex-wife's, and uh, okay. they were going to go to foster care. So I was able to get custody of them as well. And then we had my son, uh, December thirty-first. Sorry, New Year's Eve, and then uh, my daughter gave birth to my granddaughter on March 14th. My 16-year-old daughter had a, a baby, and so we have seven children, two babies. Uh, it is absolutely insane. This is this where I film this is my basement, and it's and my, yeah. mom, my mom said it in the in the in the uh, in the chat. There's one break the cycle wall and a huge playroom all back there. It's all it is. It's Barbie dream Got houses it. and <laughs> right, right. Uh, but so, I mean, where do you stand on that, that specific comment? I mean, it, it was a, it was a tough comment for somebody like me to hear. Cause it, you know, it's, I want to tear these systems down, right? Like I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that guy. Like I, I know I work in politics, <clears throat> but I'm anarchist at heart and I want to tear these systems completely down to the ground. I think they're vile, horrible bullshit that need to be teared down. So if we're just telling people, we'll go make mo- enough money that they don't matter anymore. Maybe that's helpful to some people, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. helpful to the majority of people. 
So I think there's a theoretical way to look at it, and then there's a realistic way to look at it. And I don't want to totally speak for Matt, although I have gotten to know him a little bit over the last several months. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like Matt. I think Matt's usually on the ball, you know. I'm guessing that he said that, knowing that that could be a bit of a thorny way to say it. He, he that's, that's part of his style sometimes, is to kind of get reaction out of people. But uh, Harry Brown said the same thing. In one of his early books, uh, he's actually the guy that turned me towards libertarianism. Uh, How to be free in an unfree world was the book. And so I think a more, let's say, kinder and gentler way to say that is, look, we would all like these systems to be torn down, especially the one that taxes you, especially the IRS. That's the nicest way I'll say that because I don't want to get you kicked off of YouTube. Sure. But, But certainly we all want that. And that's theoretical. In the real world, while they're there, one way to make them unimportant is to make a lot of money. That is that an easy thing to do? No, I wish I could do it. I mean, I'm I'm okay, but I, you know, it sometimes I just feel a little bit too lazy to go make an extra few hundred thousand dollars. That's sure, hard. Sure. I don't know that I'm talented enough. However, I certainly see that as one viable way to live outside of worrying about how many taxes you pay is to make enough, you know, it's like, it's almost like saying just at a lesser level, I really want to afford uh, nice coffee once a week, but damn, it's expensive. Well then make a little bit more money and you can pay for it. True. It might sound kind of cold, but it's also kind of true. It doesn't matter. I I talked about this last night on my show. I I, I don't buy anything for myself anymore except cigarettes and, and coffee. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got now. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine if your cigarettes were. I'm sure they're insanely expensive with taxes compared to when I used to smoke. But if they were, let's say, fifty dollars a, a a carton. Shout out to California. Shout out to Cal- they're way yeah. more than that in California. Way more than that. Are they really? See, oh, that's yeah. how long like it's eighty bucks. I smoke. For a carton? Oh, yeah. Well, see, if someone wants to go smoke, make a little bit more money, and you can afford some cancer there, sticks. I think, I think cigarettes, are like, cigarettes are like around 10 bucks a, a pack in California now. That's good to just, what a black market that will create. You're like, going to end up like the guy in New York that, that died from Oh, yeah, so. no shit. But I, I live in Iowa now, so they're like six bucks a pack. Right. So okay. Thankfully, you know. Uh, Jesus. Uh, it's still okay here. It's still okay. But um, So yeah. let's, let's talk about this term post-libertarian. Is that something, is that, something that, that means something to you, bud? Not honestly, this is part of my discussion today as well. It it meant something to me as far as I had heard it being discussed. Matt talks about it a lot uh, with his partner, Stephen, his partner, his podcasting partner, Stephen. Um, And it makes sense if you're discussing libertarianism plus or something like that, some plus some other ideas. And so that had been a term being thrown around. So I wanted to get these guys and the best way to qualify what we're going to speak on was everyone knows what post-libertarian, that it's not maybe specifically what it is, but that it's a phrase being thrown about right now by people that are interested in exploring things outside of the non-aggression principle within our circles. Sure, sure. And that's, you know, that's something that's been really important to me, and I'm sure it's been important to you in the past, the, the non-aggression principle. It definitely mm-hmm. was, it was, on, it it's been on all of our journeys at some point. I think... I think a lot of the more, and it's funny because I feel like 
uh, the the more sane libertarians are kind of getting away from the non the non aggression principle, right? Like we we've held on to this for so long that now we're letting corporations and and uh, and the the cathedral just run all over us like it's nothing. And uh, yeah. and so a lot of people are starting to go, hey man, uh, you know maybe that isn't really a private business, you know. <laughs> uh, but there's still these people that you know these especially these these spurgs and in the uh, in the libertarian party who hold on to that to the point of where it's like dude you're literally going to be lined up against the wall by uh, by facebook.tm right yep. and and they're going to be shooting you and you're going to be like it's cool it's a private business bro you know yes right and they're not private businesses that's the strange thing all of these giant media companies and these conglomerations there's been not only tax money funneled in through them a lot many of them were started and funded by CIA operatives so that's not private. It's not my wife's salon is private. She owns it with one other person. It's a two person salon in downtown Austin. That's a private business. Facebook, Twitter, all of these giant uh, mega corporations, they're not private businesses. So that's out the window. These weirdo libertarians keep using that. And it's just like, it's just a stupid argument. It's like the dumbest argument, dude. And I, yeah. I don't know how to get through to these people, but really the only people that I see making that argument so much anymore is like the people who hang out with fakertarians, like the fakertarians, like you know Twitter and and Facebook group, like these, these shitheads. Yes. Those are the only people right. that I really see making that argument anymore. I think we're getting, I think we're getting kind of away from that, and I hope uh, so. I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I was one of those people that held onto the nap like it was, you know, nothing could ever be better than this principle, right? And, right. And I don't know that that's necessarily the truth anymore. And I think that that's, to me, when you guys talk about post-libertarianism or when these guys talk about that, that's what I see is like we have to find better ways to try to achieve what we've been doing than just yes. saying this is the one principle that matters all the time. You know, That's right. I would agree with that, and, and that's a very good summation of it. I, I also saw people really butthurt about the term post-libertarianism. Uh, it's not that important of a term to, to me, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Matt or Pete or Andrew or Tho, but okay, call it something else. I, I don't really care what you call it. Um, it's like this, a, a friend of mine said, viruses aren't real. So there's no, there's no way COVID could be a thing. Okay. Call it something besides a virus, call it the unicorn thing. I, I don't care what you call it. It was there. So I, I don't care who, if you want to call it post libertarianism or if that term is offensive to someone, Call it something else. Call it people thinking about things after the nap. Sure, sure. You you uh you had the COVID. You were one of the first people I, I knew did. that told me you had the COVID, man. Yeah. And now yeah. And now a bunch of people from Porkfest are getting it. I saw Scott said he he had it on. He mentioned it on Twitter, and then I heard a rep. I couldn't tell if Stefan Kinsella was kidding or not, but he responded and said he had it or something like that, and then. Yeah, I, is that really was that really going around there? Yeah, the, several people have have tested positive since leaving Porkfest, which I think uh, you know I'm pretty did sure. They, did they fly Delta? Who knows? Maybe that's my joke. This is the Delta variant. Sorry. <laughs> oh, how did I not pick up on that? Damn it, dude. Damn it. Yeah, I don't know. And you've been bad. I, I I live in Iowa, and we had 33 new cases in the whole state yesterday, so um, it's over here already. Um, and I was at the I was at the. Uh, the hospital earlier today my daughter had to go in for a tooth thing and um he, he was like he, i told i told the nurse I was like there's only 33 you know cases of this in, in the whole state yesterday he's like she's like yeah and there's like nobody in any of the icus right now and like i'm like i'm not i'm not wearing a fucking mask anymore i'm done 
<laughs> but I, I never did anyways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I think the only time I ever wore one was like when my daughter was born or when my, my son was born. And then when my granddaughter was born, like the hospitals make you. Um, right. But like the only other time they tried to force me to wear one was at Target. And I, I walked in, they said I could had to wear a mask and I walked out and went home. Like I, yeah. or I went to Walmart cause Walmart didn't give a shit, you know? And, right. But, same here. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so, and, 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 uh, you're like a, like kind of like a healthcare professional and stuff, man. So, um, kind of. yeah. yeah, I don't even wear, I am a firefighter for those who don't know. And I don't even wear, they were telling us you have to wear one in the fire station. No, I don't have to. I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss on my crew, so none of none of us had to. And then it was, if you don't get vaccinated, that's your choice. But you will always have to wear a mask in the station and on every call. And I thought, mm-hmm, okay, sure, yeah, sure enough, that that threat dropped too. Yeah, they they. Uh, it's funny because here in Iowa, she actually, uh, uh, Kim Reynolds, the the governor, actually made the mask mandates illegal. She signed it into law that they are not allowed to have mask mandates here. Damn it! She must be a libertarian. She, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I came out in favor of that, and the faker terrorists mm-hmm. are like Joshua comes out in favor of tyrann- tyrannical policies. I'm like, fuck that! I don't want businesses telling me I have to cover my face. You know what I mean? It's, I was kind of kidding. Is she a Republican? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, okay. for sure. And and she's uh, she said she'll use executive uh, power or legislative legislation to make sure that there be no passports here for the for the the V word. Um, good. So she's been pretty good on it. I think we had a mass mandate for like um, 21 days, and then she shut yeah. it down. Uh, we mm-hmm. we were shut down, quote unquote, shut down for uh, like a week and a half or two weeks. And the, but even when that happened, the restaurants were still at 50 percent capacity, and like, yeah, same and here. And, uh, and then they opened it right back up. They never stayed shut down. Our numbers never got super high for the whole state. And Des Moines is a big city. I mean, it's not little, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we did we did pretty good and and uh, and all that stuff, but so uh, let's let's talk a little more philosophy before we get into okay. just uh, boring everybody with talking about hardcore music for the next half oh, hour. Hi kids, do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. Uh, But we'll get there. We're going to get there. We're going to talk some hardcore because we we can't hang out and not talk hardcore music, man. We just can't do it. Um, Let's talk about the word paleo, okay? Because I know you're you're absolute 100% cool with being called paleo. And, yes. and and last year, a bunch of people were like, we're not doing paleo. The paleo's bad. This is paleo. Blah, 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 blah. And the fakeitarians are always going off. Paleos are this and that and this and that. But what does paleo mean to you? Those guys don't like me. They don't like any of us, dude. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps – this one guy keeps tagging me and calling me a Molyneux fan and then referencing some article Lou Rockwell wrote about uh, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. They really talk about the Mighty Ducks thing. It's like, dude – Okay, what? <laughs> I don't care. Um, anyways, as, I'm sorry to get onto that little tangent. Those guys are so strange. They come at me with things like I know about myself and act as if it's some kind of uh, like, ooh, gotcha. 
You're like, you oh, know. you like Lou Rockwell. You're like, yeah. fuck yeah, like, I do. Are you kidding me? Yes. Okay. Cool. Got me. <laughs> um, what was your was your question? Define paleo. Yeah, the paleo thing. What does it mean to you, man? It's uh, I want I want to talk more about paleo stuff. I think I think that the Mises Caucus has kind of embraced this paleo strategy. Um, they should. I think they are. I think they do, and I think they openly do it. Um, and, and I think they were afraid to for a long time because these fakertarian shitheads were tr- were trying to, um, they were really trying to to attach the paleo strategy to white nationalism, which is of just course. not what it is, you know. Right. right. So let's talk uh, about it. Well, paleo strategy. I I will say I would differ it from paleo libertarianism because the strategy was specifically based on something that happened in the 90s with with Lou Rockwell, Murray Rothbard and Ron Paul and and a couple other Mises people basically getting together with what was called paleo conservatives of the time which uh, the the head of the kind of head figure of that was Patrick Buchanan but uh, you guys might be familiar with Paul Gottfried he was part of it uh, there's a lot of guys on the right that were basically hardcore conservatives and anti-interventionists. They were against the neocons. And so the the Rothbardian sect, let's say the Mises Institute Libertarians— And caps, it's okay, you can say it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. They got together, they had a meeting, uh, and it basically said, look, we're, we're kind of—we're we're fellow travelers here, Right. And Murray Rothbard had written off the Libertarian Party at that for good at that point because he felt that the Libertarian Party, imagine this, was full of libertines and hippies and losers, basically. Bummer, still is. And yeah, imagine that. And so he said, "Look, there's this segment of the right wing now that's returning to the roots of the old right, right. which is basically some of the first libertarians and." And their their anti-intervention overseas, that's the biggest part, of course, for Rothbard. And okay, they're politically, let's say not politically, they're culturally conservative. Well, so were Lou Rockwell, Ron Paul, and Murray Rothbard. And so they didn't have an issue there. Part of the deal was they wanted to help push some of the paleoconservatives in a better direction on economics. For instance, not, not so protectionist, if that makes sense. And so their strategy then was to drop the Libertarian Party and endorse Patrick Buchanan. Um, that's the strategy. Now, the actual paleo-libertarian, the quickest way to phrase it for me would be to say is you're a right-wing libertarian. Sure. And, and that, that seems to kind of get the message across to most people. And, and I, I, you have to say – you don't have to. I prefer to say this and use this qualifier in front of the word libertarian because most people – Think of the word libertarian and either think of someone like Gary Johnson, think of someone like Nick Gillespie at Reason Magazine or Reason Foundation in general or the Cato Institute uh, or the the guy with the boot on his head or the fat person naked at one of the conventions. A lot of people think those thoughts, and I don't want those thoughts associated with me. Sure. So uh, that's if you use the term paleo, and of course, there's going to be people that are like, "Well, I don't get what that is. Is it the diet?" But if you can explain to them, it's Rothbardian libertarianism, it's Lou Rockwell libertarianism, it's right wing libertarianism that tends to at least uh, give some kind of uh, uh, concept on what you're talking about, and it pisses off the good the people that you want to piss off too. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. I I, I don't disagree. I I think. Uh... 
you know, it, it is one of the one of the first things Tom Woods ever said to me. We talked about this on his podcast the other day. He had me on, like, randomly called me one day. and was like, hey, can you make a show tonight? I was like, hell yeah, I can. Anything for you, Tom. I think it was Father's Day. <laughs> uh, and uh, If anyone should be able to talk on Father's Day, it's you and him. Yeah. Uh, the kids y'all have together could be a baseball team. Exactly, exactly. So we had, we had a really good conversation, but one of the, one of the first things, Tom, I, been, I think that was my fourth time being on Tom Woods, and uh, he uh, – that was that was a hardcore like cringe name drop, wasn't it? That was my fourth time being on Tom Woods. So uh, <laughs> hold on, I got that name you just dropped. <laughs> uh, so the but the first time I was on, I was so fucking nervous, right? Like I was just I was like, oh my god, Tom Woods is gonna have me on his show. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like a West Coast maintenance man. I didn't, you know, I was just just starting to come up, and he's like, oh, you're running for chair. You want to come on the podcast? And I'm like, oh, the fucking Tom Woods show? Yeah, sure. Uh, mm. And uh, he he said, look, if the Libertarian Party is going to carry this moniker, this name, this libertarian name, then it should be run by people who are, you know, devout libertarians, unapologetic. And that shit stuck with me the whole time because I'm, you know, that was one of the reasons why I ran for chair the first time is because I'm watching Nick, uh, Nick Shitwark go after, you know, Eric July and, and Dave Smith and, and uh, Ron Paul, of all people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started this mission to change the Overton window in the Libertarian Party, to change it back to this beautiful philosophy of, of, of you know, staunch libertarianism. And um, I've hooked up with the Mises Caucus, who was 50 people in a Facebook group at the time. I don't know if you were around back then. but um, And now they're, you know, they have 25 state parties. And, uh, yeah. And, uh there's still a whole nother convention season to go before the national convention. We still have a whole nother year of conventions. And I don't think anyone understands what the Mises caucus has become and what it has grown into. Um, and, and who's, you know, threatening to run for president in 2022 or 2024. And, um, but you probably know a little bit about that. And, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about that. If let's say that, uh, Dave Smith runs for president in the United States, what what is Buck Johnson gonna do in that situation? Well, <laughs> you're not gonna call him a predator, I hope. No, I certainly <laughs> would not. Uh, I I like Dave. We've had good interactions uh, uh, so far, um, and he's been very important to my development as uh, not only a podcaster but uh, as a libertarian. And and he's he's got a very good way at putting things. I've always enjoyed that. Um, well, it depends who he's running against, doesn't it? It does. It does. Uh, and and who knows who may pop up? Uh, you know, could could be Donald Trump GOP again, twenty twenty four. I can promise you this: I won't be voting for the Democrat. I I you know, I was really wondering, Buck. <laughs> it won't be. I, I mean, even if it's Tulsi, if the other options, well, I probably would not vote for the Democrat. Depends who the Republican is. Sure, sure. If the if the Republican Party, and I do not think this is going to happen, especially after the interview I had today, if they were to somehow reverse course and go back towards uh, establishment and or neocon Republicans, then they have zero uh, support from me. And then it would be all Dave Smith. However, if they continue to edge further right and hit the populist route, which I suspect is going to be the case— then uh, we'll have to see where I'm at in 2024. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of interesting to see something like uh, like Massey, Dave Smith, and Tulsi Gabbard running all at the same time, wouldn't it? Ooh, yeah, Could you, you wouldn't want 
I mean, it's such a three-way split, you know. Um, and, and and sadly enough, I, if I had to just rank those as people I would actually love to be in charge, of course it'd be Dave Smith top first, Thomas Massey, and Tulsi Gabbard. But that's not the – when you shake it all up, it, you just don't get – there's going to be a certain order to how it really ranks out, and it won't be the, the favored order by me. Um yeah, boy, would I like to see Dave Smith up there on the Republican nomination stage, just like Ron Paul did in 2008 and 2012. Could you imagine that platform for him? Yeah. Good luck, though. I don't think he's going. He's not going to the I GOP, buddy. But could you imagine if he's up there with someone like Kevin McCarthy? Or I don't know who they're going to. They always field at least 10 people to start with, and they start dropping like flies. But like Howard Kasich or just these absolute scum Republicans Imagine Dave on a national stage, worldwide audience, just nailing some of those guys to the wall. It would be so beautiful, so beautiful. Would, no yes. one, no one has, no one has ever called those people uh, psychopaths. Like Dave could call them psychopaths, other than maybe right. Ron Paul. Yeah, you know, uh, Ron just always a touch nice. Yeah, and that's in his nature. He because he's just a sweet person. But Dave could turn on that kind of New York attitude just a bit and just. He could just he go could, right at him. He could just treat them all like Nicholas Sarwark in his debate with Gene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so treat them all like he was uh, treating Vin, I suppose, on Pete's show. Yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, that's too. I uh, I need to check that. I ha- that's the one I haven't checked out yet. Did, did Dave and Vin both go on there? No, no. Oh. Uh, Dave went on there and he discussed Vin. Yeah, I would love I would love to see Vin and Dave in the same room. Mm, I was going to make a joke, but I won't. I, I don't suspect that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, you know, you can't go around calling a guy a predator. No. And, uh, and uh, not really bring anything to back it up and then uh, end up in the same room with him, uh, you know, for, for a guy from, uh, you know, the inner city of New York and shit. It's probably a bad idea. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people around this country that uh, that deserve a pop in the mouth from from myself for sure, and Dave Smith definitely. There's a lot that deserve a pop in the mouth from you. Yeah, man, a lot. Uh, I've I, seen some of people, some of the people go at you in really, really low ways. There's one guy who uh, lives about an hour away from me. He keeps threatening. We'll see if it happens. I'd, I'd be really, really happy if it does. I promise you, very, mm-hmm. very fucking happy if he showed Throw up the here. Out the window. Yeah, there's not going to be any nap uh, involved mm-hmm. in that situation. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, you know, it's funny. I'm from I'm from a place where we grew up fighting, and and it's some of these people they run their mouths, and uh, they they don't really know they don't really know who they're talking to. I don't think. I think they think that I'm just some you know suburban uh, politician guy, and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't who I was before this shit. I'll tell you, that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I see that a lot, and. I sound like an old man, but I see that from younger people where they'll go off on you on social media. And it's like, you realize if I see you, I'd just beat your ass and it wouldn't hurt my feelings to do it at all. And, but the second, those kind of people, if you hit them, that's the second, or even if you push them, Hey, Hey, this guy's assaulting me. And they, you know, they scream like, like just getting knocked out's the worst thing you could do to, you know, it's like. Just get your ass up in a few minutes and do, don't talk shit again. Yeah, getting knocked out is not that bad, dude. I've, I've it's happened no, to me several it, times. I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy in the world. I've definitely been knocked out, but I guarantee you, the guys that want to fight me all the time online right. have never been knocked, knocked out before. Right. <laughs> and uh, the first time is always the worst time. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Tho Bishop method, as I'm calling it these days. 
Uh, I think Tho's, yeah. Tho is a national treasure. He's he's uh, one of the smartest people I've ever had a conversation with. Uh, it was almost hard for me to keep up with him. He talks very fast, first of all. Yes. Uh, he's he, got a lot of information to, to uh, give. Just, But he's very smart. Um, yes. and, and I think he's got the right idea about a lot of things. Um, I, even, even though I'm a, a guy who believes in the Libertarian Party still, I was, you know, after 2020, after the 2020 uh, chair race, after seeing, I'm almost positive they fucking stole the vote from us. I'm almost positive. I'm not going to be the, you know, stop stop the steal guy and go around and, and make a big stink about it. But I'm, the, the all the motion votes were like around 640 votes. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden the chair election was over 900 votes with a bunch of unvetted delegates. And I lost by 100 votes. I, I thought you were talking about the first, the 2020 presidential election, which no. sounds very similar, though. Right. But I'm talking because they did half of it online and half of it in person. And the whole yeah. thing was just shady. Um, and, and I'm almost positive that I probably rightfully won that shit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I've talked a little bit about it, but I've never made a big stink. There's other people on the board that feel the same way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some have even talked about trying to push for an audit and shit. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. So I got really blackpilled. Like after 2020, I almost gave up. I was almost at a point where I was like, I got seven kids now. You know, mm-hmm. and I got the show. I'm doing work. I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm just not going to yeah. do politics anymore. Um, but then, you know, all this shit started happening with the, with the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. They actually started getting the wins that we had been working for for years. Um, and I was like, you know, that's cool as shit. If this is going to happen, I need to be around to watch it happen, you know. And, um, but I do think that there's some, some value in uh, trying to push the Republican Party more libertarian. I do. Yes. Um, or more, you know, just in a more free direction, more anti-war direction, yeah. anti-free right. directions. Sometimes, sometimes I, I, I don't want to necessarily say more libertarian, although I think that's maybe implicit in the idea, but I would say further to the right, if you will, because I, I think neoconism is leftism. So... When I say further to the right, I mean further away from neocon establishment influence and more in the uh, like the old right, uh, Pat Buchanan and, and that field. That's what I would be for. And we can work on certain economic issues when we get to those. But right now, there's a lot of bigger fist to fry than that. Sure, sure. Uh, we're getting some cool super chats, so I just want to address these real quick. Uh, first of all, thank you to my good friend Nick Ashley for becoming a uh, member of the the channel, I appreciate you, especially because one of the custom emojis is actually Nick Ashley. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, Top Lobster says the live stream uh, was great yesterday. Quick emoji flex. He dropped all the new emojis, and that was your live stream. He said it was good. Awesome. Uh, uh, welcome and thank you to Mauser Guy for becoming a channel supporter. Um, unironic, unironic and cap. Thank you for the super chat. He said Bush twenty twenty four. <laughs> not, not not that kind yeah not that's not the bad bush come on guys uh yeah uh john chow great great guy lawyer I, from new york uh he says corporations or government entities try to start one without filing papers every single one uh yes. limited liability is incompatible with the free market uh i would have some pushback i agree with him and as it is now, I think if there were a free market, complete ANCAP, I think you would have some form of something like that, but not as it is currently. Sure, sure. Uh, and then thank you to End Democracy for the super chat. So this is a good one. We'll probably talk a little more about this one. He said, Buck and Josh, really great guys. Ass beaten liberty. Uh, he said, the only libertarians are right libertarians. If you capitulate to the left, you become the left. Yes. So let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about that. So Who wrote that? 
that's it in democracy is the name that is put okay up yeah yeah um and yeah, it was yeah. a super chat thank you so much for all five dollar super chats i really appreciate you guys uh so let's talk a little bit about capitulating to the left okay because yes there are some things even as hardcore libertarians or hardcore you know right right libertarians uh, conservative libertarians we agree with the left on uh yes you know some some there are some very staunch anti-war uh, uh groups out there who are still hardcore lefties mm-hmm. um you know there's some that want to end the state uh even if we even if we don't agree with where we want to go after the state's ended um which is you know we're really talking about a utopian dream there anyways um, mm-hmm. but are there are there any issues that you think we should work with the left on at all or do you think we should just tell them to eat shit and die Mm. The genuine, actual, real people that that believe in left-wing economics, like if you're talking about a Tulsi Gabbard type person, yes, certainly, there's, there's all the branches to be extended uh, on the issues of war. And I think you saw this with Ron Paul when he was in Congress, I believe, was it Dennis Kucinich maybe that he would work with and, and certain, certain like genuine people that happen to be on the left? It's just that the modern, more, more recent incarnation of leftism is so vile and evil that there's not a lot to work with there. Now, you and I could talk about like certain individuals we might know, sure. In fact, there's a friend of mine that's, uh, she, I think she's actually changed over about the last year, but she has a hammer and sickle tattoo on her ribs. And boy, she was ate up with this stuff. She was ta- telling me about how fake the Russia stuff was with Trump and how it was the deep state and how it's Hillary Clinton and then these, you know, uh, reptile types. And I was like, you sure you're a communist? You see? <laughs> yeah. Alex Jones type. And, it, and it's like a Jim, she was a Jimmy Dore fan. She is kind of, she kind of moved right over the course of time. But yeah, there's very few leftists I think you could work with, but I think they exist. It's just more so the movement as a mass uh, movement is just vile, hungry for power. They're not anti-war. They're pro-war. And uh, they want us lined up against a wall. And there's a lot of them in the Libertarian Party, too. Yeah, unfortunately. But thankfully, they're leaving. You know, that's, I hope. Uh, that's That's been the cool thing about the last couple of weeks. Andy Craig, gone. Uh, Where they his- go? I don't know, but they dropped their donations and and took off, uh, you know, cited bigotry and racism and all this shit is the reason they're leaving. Uh, Nick Sarwark actually ended his national donations to the uh, national party. Um, It's like it's like uh, they 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 walk out, try to salt the earth and say um, and say, you know, cite all these things that why they're leaving and every and expect us all to be upset. And it's like the winds just keep coming, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for us, it's it's wins. I mean, that's what we were, you know, it was and it was never even about like for us, it was never even about like throwing these people out of the party. You know, we made sure there was I know. Sure. There was a lot of, you know, jokes about it and stuff, but it was like more of a look. We're we're not going to tell you you have to leave the party, but we're telling you to get in the fucking backseat. We're driving the car now. Um, but I always yeah. suspected that if we started driving the car, those people were going to leave anyways. And I was right. You know, I was right from day one. I said, I said, uh, you know, if I don't if I don't pack my bags and go back to the Republican or go to the Republican Party, I haven't been a Republican since 2010. Uh, and they had all he just got just came from the Republican Party. I've been a, I've been a registered voting libertarian for a decade. First of all, fuck you. Um, but uh, and they, uh, you know, they always were like, hey, they're going to go back. And I always suspected that if I lost and didn't go back and kept fighting and we started making the party in our image 
that they would leave. And it's, it's true. I mean, that's what's happening. So hopefully, uh, you know, eventually you'll be like, you know, this Libertarian Party thing, it might be working out, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? You think we'll ever get there? That's a good question. Get where? You know, become an actual force for liberty in, the, in this country. No. Never? You don't believe it, huh? I'm, I'm going to change your mind, Buck. I'm gonna you might. Well, there's a difference between do I think good people will run the Libertarian Party and do I think the Libertarian Party will be a legitimate force? True. If you guys take over, then the answer to the first one is yes. I, if the LPMC takes over, then it will be ran by people that I, for the most part, in my small encounters with them have been great people. Uh, I can't see the Libertarian Party being a force in politics at a national level anytime soon. Sure. Now, again, you're talking to a guy that argues that secession is going to happen within the next five to ten years. <laughs> right, right. So I might sound like a Libertarian Party voter going, we're going to take over the country in just a few years. But uh, that's my optimism that uh, I, I think, I suspect there will be a, a state seceding within the next decade. Who knows? Um, but I don't see the Libertarian Party as a whole on a national level sure. being a force uh, that's uh, considered uh, with any seriousness or legitimacy. I think it could be within certain smaller segments of, of politics. But at the same time, do you really need a political party if you're running for local sheriff or sure. whatever? I don't know. Some of the state uh, legislators, which, I mean, the, late sta- the state legislating, uh, uh, legislator runs do have to have a party. It is a, a okay. you know, partisan. Um, and, and, and that's how we keep, you know, the national, the, the presidential campaign keeps us ballot access in like 26 states. So it's an important thing that we do. I do agree with you. I don't think, you know, I think there's some places where we can do some damage, like uh, like um, uh, Ricky Harrington running f- against Tom Cotton in Arkansas. We got 30-something percent of the vote as a libertarian against Tom mm. Cotton for Senate. Um, that was huge. It was like a record-setting libertarian run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got to go on PBS and address... The, the, the Arkansas PBS and addressed his entire constituency for an entire hour because Tom Cotton refused to debate him on the debate. So he was the only one there. Cool stuff can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's important because we can move society. But I, I agree. I think state and local especially is where we should be focused. Um, the Libertarian Party did just win some state legislating seats for the first time since the 70s. So there's a move. You know, it's it's working. Okay. Um, and But I agree. I don't think that we're going to do much nationally. I think the presidential I think the presidential run is actually a 50-state media tour for uh, libertarian f- principles. Well, here's, the, here's something that's interesting. So in 2024, let's say it's Ron DeSantis against Kamala Harris. Then I don't want Dave to be the, rep- the Libertarian Party candidate. Right. Because I like Dave, and he's too fucking good and, and awesome at his message, which I, is a good message. I'd rather some, someone like Nick Starwark or something or fucking— Amash be the the LP face because then every the vote won't be split if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, that's my that's my concern. The other concern is that well, not, well I don't want to say it's a concern, but if by 2024 it's Kamala Harris against Ron DeSantis and we've faced another wave of variant kind of mess and there's been more threats of lockdowns in certain states and and or national vaccine passports or anything like that. Uh, Ron DeSantis is obviously going to be against all of the stuff we hate. Sure. And so what do you do if you're the national LP 
you going to fight that? Uh, oh, they will. Scary. They're going to. <laughs> yeah, so... No doubt. No doubt <laughs> about it. It's going to happen. Be the enemy of the good right. is what a wise right. people say. Right. Enemy of the good for the perfect or whatever, however that yeah. saying goes. Now, 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 if it's someone like Nikki Haley or Tom Cotton or one <laughs> of these pieces of shit that I don't like, more power to the LP. Right. Because the Republicans didn't learn a lesson. But I, I suspect, I, Steve Bannon the other day, uh, I listened to him constantly. He said, there's no doubt in his mind it's going to be Trump. So I, I didn't think Trump's age was going to be something uh, that was going to help him out in this case. But Steve Bannon's a pretty smart dude, so I, I don't know. Well, hey, man. Uh, Alex Jones seems to think that uh, Donald Trump will be the president prior to 2024. So I hope he's right. It's guy. I do, too. Look. There's a lot of shit I didn't like about Donald Trump. But holy yep. shit, Joe Biden! Ouch, dude! Ouch! And given enough, long enough time timeline, Alex is always right. It seems like yeah. is this just going to be another coin in the tip jar? I mean, even the frogs were gay, dude. Exactly. They were actually gay. They was there. It was actually they were frogs were actually turning gay. I remember hearing that and going, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" Because I used to listen to Alex <laughs> a lot, you know. And I'm like, "What the? F- what is going on here?" And then come to find out, he was right about the, the gay frogs. Yeah, he's got to be right about everything else. <laughs> he's he's from this area that I live in. And oh, yeah. When I was back in the early two thousands, he had an FM talk show uh, on the radio, so I I listened to him all the time. And he's putting out these documentaries, and that was during the Bush years. So it was okay for someone like Alex to be in Austin, Texas, if you're putting out propaganda that's anti-Bush, right? right? But then when Obama got elected, that he wasn't quite as popular here in Austin. Yeah, Austin's I'm not a weird place, people. man. Austin- I'm nearby. Austin's cool, like it's a cool city, but it is very, very like left for Texas. It's turning to trash, though. It's horrible now. Really, I got out. That's one of the reasons I got out. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's a bummer, man. That's a bummer. Well, That's man, what the left does. we are we are getting close to the end of this thing, and then we're gonna go and do the uh, the exclusive chat. <laughs> Where we'll probably talk about hardcore music and, and controversial subject, subjects, because that's what I like to do. And if you want to become a member of the channel, you can watch that live or a member of the Patreon or subscribe star to watch it tomorrow, uploaded in the morning. Uh, but, Buck, where can all these wonderful people find you and support you and listen to you, man? Okay, so any podcatcher, Counterflow Podcast, you can find it. Uh, our website's up and running, counterflowpodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Buck Rebel, B-U-C-K-R-E-B-E-L. And uh, we got Telegram group, all of that stuff. Anywhere you search Counterflow with Buck Johnson, I will be there. Our YouTube page, subscribe on the YouTube page. We're trying to get that as giant as as giant, as big as the podcast is at least, uh, because I didn't give it any love for several years. But uh, we'll be doing live streams and all kinds of cool stuff on the YouTube page, Counterflow with Buck Johnson. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Uh, make sure to hang on because I'll, I'll start the new stream for the members uh, here in about two minutes or so. All right. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Buck's literally the coolest guy in the world, man. Go and uh, and give this man your support. He's got a great podcast. He's got that smooth, silky voice, man. You know what I mean? Way better than mine. Way better than mine. I think I talked about that the last time I had him on. Uh, I do want to shout out Magoo82. He uh, threw a super chat, said just wanted to show some love to Buck. Uh, Buck can hear that, so thank you, Magoo. Uh, level zero, everything flows from economics. Anyone with right-wing economics, Austrian, can get along no matter the strategy for liberty. I agree. That is something I agree on. We may have different strategies, but we all agree 
from an economic standpoint, and we can work together on certain issues. No matter what party you're in, I don't care if you're a Democrat party. I don't care if you're an Austrian guy working with the DSA. It's never going to happen. But if you were, I'd work with you on economic issues for sure. But anyways, guys, uh, I really appreciate you. I don't know if you know this yet. I've talked a little bit about it, but we are doing exclusive after hours content now after every single stream so as soon as this stream ends there'll be another stream started that's for members of this channel only you can join under any of the the videos there's a join link there uh, you can also join the patreon at patreon.com backslash break the cycle js or subscribestar.com backslash uh, backslash josh uh, break the cycle js uh, I will upload the content there by the next evening at the latest. Uh, you won't get it live, but you will get it live here. But you get all kinds of other swag over there, T-shirts and, and mugs and uh, discords and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, let's check out some sponsors. Of course, Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout. TopLobster.com, my homie, my friend, uh, one of the coolest guys you're ever going to meet. Go check out his stuff. You can get this awesome sunset uh, custom Break the Cycle logo on any kind of hoodie, but you can get it on this great dark camo hoodie too uh, for a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout or join the Patreon subscribe star or the now the channel member uh, link here under under the videos. I will still get you into the Discord if you message me on Twitter where you can get Top Lobster gear uh, two weeks before it goes to the general population at a 30% discount. Of course, executive producers, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out. See what they can do for your business, personal or home today. Amazing people, wonderful people from Delaware. Please go see what they can do for you. Check them out. Uh, guys, coming up on the show next week, I'm going to have Top Lobster. We are doing five shows a week uh, going forward at least through July and into August. Uh, I have not got the graphics up for... Um, all this stuff yet, but I will tell you next week is going to be fire. I got top lobster on Monday. I got Jeff Shipley, uh, state legislator here from Iowa. Who's actually going to be in the studio with me on Tuesday. I have the man, Ryan Dawson on the show on Wednesday, on Thursday, we're going to have Carol Roth, which is going to be amazing. She's a uh, New York times, uh, bestselling author with a new book coming out. Uh, I think it came out. I think it comes out today. Or tomorrow. Um, and then on Friday, I'm going to have my good friend Larry Sharp, who ran for governor of New York, on. Very excited about next week. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube or the Odyssey or check me out on any of the podcatchers uh, under Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith. I will see you guys Monday for the show with Top Lobster. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse of the frame but i just landed in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just landed in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There are nothing I mean, you know it Don't try to get us, get so close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm a